everyone. Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Tonight I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke. Near-death experiences, God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Forward by Don Piper. Modern Medicine and the Afterlife. With the advent of modern medicine and superior resuscitation techniques, the prevalence of people being brought back from clinical death has soared. In 1982, a Gallup poll reported that 8 million have had near-death episodes, according to the New York Times. In the 40 years since Moody coined the term, Studies in the United States and Germany suggest approximately 4.2% of the population has reported a near-death experience. That's one out of every 25 people or nearly 13 million Americans. Skeptical medical doctors became some of the first researchers after Life and Death was published by Dr. Michael Sabom, Sabom, S-A-B-O-M, is a cardiologist who heard a presentation on Moody's book but thought it was nonsense. None of the patients he resuscitated had ever conveyed such an imaginative story. Challenged by the presenter to ask his patients, he did. As expected, most had nothing to report except Jane, Dr. Sabam recalled. When I asked Jane if she had any unusual experiences during these brushes with death, The tone of her voice fell reverent. Beneath her words rose powerful emotions. I became quickly aware that she was entrusting me to a story deeply personal. That story unfolded like the pages of Moody's book. I was flabbergasted, but tried to maintain a sense of professionalism as I listened. I started to believe there might be something to the stories that Moody reported, but All he had was a collection of stories. There was no science in this book. I decided to take the near-death experience to its next logical step. I wanted to see if it would pass scientific muster. It did. After five years of research, I published my first findings in the book, Recollections of Death. Shocked into belief, Dr. Sabom discovered hundreds of stories like Jane's when he began to sincerely ask. What convinced Dr. Sabom and other skeptical doctors of life beyond death were patients claiming they had left their physical body and observed their own resuscitation. Here was corroborative evidence, some verifiable way to substantiate whether these tales were more than hallucinations or reactions of a dying brain. Dr. Sabom records multiple stories like that of Pete Morton. Pete told me he had left his body during his first cardiac arrest and had watched the resuscitation. When I asked him to tell me exactly what he saw, he described the resuscitation with such detail and accuracy that I could have later used the tape to teach physicians. Pete remembered seeing a doctor's first attempt to restore his heartbeat. He struck me, and I mean he really whacked me. He came back with his fist from way behind his head and he hit me right in the center of my chest. Pete remembered them inserting a needle into his chest in a procedure 
that they said looked like one of those Aztec Indian rituals where they take the virgin's heart out. Yikes. He even remembered thinking that when they shot him, they gave him too much voltage. Man, my body jumped about two feet off the table. Before talking with Pete and sources like him, Saban said, I didn't believe there was such a thing as near-death experience. These people, like Pete Morton, saw details of the resuscitation that they could not otherwise have seen. One patient noticed the physician who failed to wear scuffs over his white patent leather shoes during open-heart surgery. In many cases, I was able to confirm the patient's testimony with medical records and with hospital staff. Suspecting familiarity with procedures as an explanation, Sebaum went on to conduct a study comparing resuscitation descriptions of people claiming to have near-death experiences with a control group of seasoned heart patients. This type of study has now been duplicated multiple times with similar conclusions in a five-year prospective study of near-death experiences in the United Kingdom. Dr. Penny Satori tested the good guess hypothesis. She asked seasoned cardiac patients who did not claim to see their bodies to guess what happened during their resuscitation. Sartori reports, 28 of these patients were unable to even guess as to what procedures had been performed. Three reported scenarios based on things they had seen in popular hospital dramas on TV and two guessed about the scenario. All had errors and misconceptions of the equipment used and incorrect procedures were described. Many guessed that the defibrillator had been used when in fact it had not. This contrasted significantly with the surprisingly accurate accounts made by patients who claimed to be out of their bodies and observing the emergency situation. Scientific research of thousands. Dr. Jeffrey Long, a radiation oncologist, read about Dr. Sabom's near-death research published in the American Medical Association. He had never heard of such a thing, but as one who has to face death with cancer patients every day, he read Moody's book and was impressed by it as well as the work of the other early near-death experience researchers. Still, he admits he was surprised by the lack of more extensive research, especially considering the fact that one of humankind's most pressing questions is whether there is life after bodily death. Just as Dr. Long began to wonder if he should pursue the study of the near-death experience himself, Something happened that helped him decide. He and his wife went out for dinner with another couple. During dinner, their friend Sheila mentioned having a severe allergy, so severe that she once had an allergic reaction during surgery and coded her heart stopped beating. Dr. Long decided to probe. He asked Sheila if anything had happened to her when she coded on the table. She responded immediately and empathetically, yes. And it was then that Dr. Long heard his first in-person near-death story. Sheila's joyous reunion. Immediately after her heart stopped, Sheila quietly explained, I found myself at ceiling level. I could see the EKG machine. 
I was hooked to, the EKG was flatline. The doctors and nurses were frantically trying to bring me back to life. The scene below me was a near panic situation. In contrast to the chaos, chaos below, I felt a profound sense of peace. I was completely free of any pain. My consciousness drifted out of the operating room and moved into a nursing station. I immediately recognized that this was the nursing station on the floor where I had been prior to my surgery. From my vantage point near the ceiling, I saw the nurses hustling about performing their daily duties. After I watched the nurses a while, a tunnel opened up. I was drawn to the tunnel. I then passed through the tunnel and then became aware of a bright light at the end of the tunnel. I felt peaceful. After I passed through the tunnel, I found myself in an area of beautiful mystical light. In front of me were several of my beloved relatives who previously died. It was a joyous reunion and we embraced. I found myself with a mystical being of overwhelming love and compassion. Do you want to go back? He asked. I responded, I don't know, which was just like my old indecisive self at the time. Sheila sensed the choice to return was hers. It was a most difficult decision. I was in a realm of overwhelming love. In this realm, I knew I was truly home. A day later, Sheila awoke in the ICU. Wires and tubes protruding from her body, she found herself unable to talk about her profound experience. Later, after she had returned to the floor where she had been before surgery, she confided in one of the nurses who seemed shocked and even afraid to hear about Sheila's near-death experience. When a nun was sent to speak with Sheila about her experience, it was a Catholic hospital. The nun reacted negatively as well, declaring Sheila's near-death experience to be the work of the devil. From that point on, Sheila was extremely hesitant to share the details of her near-death experience with anyone. Dr. Long recalls vividly when Sheila finished her story, there was silence around the table. I remember thinking these experiences could change my view about life death, God, and the world we live in. Since then, Dr. Long has collected and scientifically studied thousands of accounts from around the world, some of which we will explore in this book. Dr. Long's extensive study led him to conclude near-death experiences provide such powerful scientific evidence that it is reasonable to accept the existence after life. If the shoe fits. Numerous repeated cases in which someone is apparently unconscious in a hospital bed and reported seeing things they could not have seen from that bed prompted many doctors and professors to take these stories seriously. Kimberly Clark Sharp, a noted near-death experience researcher in Seattle, Washington, reported a case study in which a woman named Maria was rushed to the hospital with a severe heart attack. After successful resuscitation, Maria told Sharp about her near-death experience, including detailed out-of-body observations of her resuscitation. Then she went one step beyond. 
She claimed to travel outside the hospital, she said, where she observed a tennis shoe on the third story window ledge of the hospital. Maria provided detailed information about the shoe. It was a man's shoe, she said, left footed and dark blue with a wear mark over the little toe and a shoelace tucked under the heel. Sharp went window to window on the hospital's third floor looking on the ledges. Finally, she found the shoe, exactly as Maria had described it. As Dr. Long points out, this account offers substantial evidence despite the attempts of some skeptics to discredit it. The Lancet, one of Europe's most prestigious medical journals, published the account of a patient who had experienced cardiac arrest and was brought into the hospital comatose and not breathing. As the tube was placed in the patient's airway in order to ventilate him, it was noted by medical staff that the patient wore upper dentures. The dentures were removed and tucked into the drawer of a nearby crash cart where the patient was in a deep coma. After resuscitation, the patient was moved to another room where he remained unconscious. A week later, the patient regained consciousness. When the nurse came in, he exclaimed, oh, that nurse knows where my dentures are. The nurse was very surprised as the patient explained, yes, you were there when I was brought into the hospital and you took my dentures out of my mouth and put them onto that cart. It had all these bottles on it and there was a sliding drawer underneath and there you put my teeth. The nurse reported in the Lancet, I was especially amazed because I remembered this happening while the man was in a deep coma and in the process of CPR. When I asked further, it appeared the man had seen himself lying in the bed that he had perceived from above how nurses and doctors had been busy with CPR. J.M. Holden, a professor of psychology, studied 93 near-death experience patients who claimed to make multiple variable observations while out of their physical bodies. Of these out-of-body perceptions, 92% were completely accurate. 6% contained some error and only 1% was completely erroneous. The logical conclusion? Many studies have now been done convincing many former skeptics that these people truly pass from death into some new state of existence. Miller notes, the amount of scholarly peer-reviewed literature now available since Moody wrote Life After Life, over 900 articles on near-death experience were published in scholarly literature prior to 2011. Gracing the pages of such varied journals as Psychiatric, The Lancet, Critical Care Quarterly, the Journal for Near-Death Studies, American Journal of Psychiatry, British Journal of Psychology, Resuscitation and Neurology, the Handbook of Near-Death Experiences, chronicles 55 researchers or teams who have published at least 65 studies of over 3,500 near-death experiences. Many have come to the conclusion there is life after death. Alternative explanations have been proposed over the years, but none make as much logical sense as the evidence 
as the simple conclusion, there is life after death. But what will the life be like? Every experience is unique and each should be filtered with a measure of skepticism. However, when thousands of people of all ages across the globe report the same core elements over and over, we need to consider what this means. Thank you for joining me and I will see you next week.